The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. This is Dina Jones-Cox, and you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for news, advice, strategies, tips, and techniques to help you start your own real estate investing business or grow that business. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati holds its wholesaling focus group meeting tonight at Foley's 200 Benson Road in Reading, Ohio. The uh, topic is open forum with some discussion also about how to wholesale properties tax-free in your IRA. If you're here in the Cincinnati area and you're headed home, you might want to head over to Reading instead and come to the Cincinnati RIA wholesaling subgroup. The information is available at CincinnatiRIA.com. Uh, my guest today is Jillian Sidoti, a an attorney who came out of an a background of real estate development and so understood very well the importance of raising money to do deals. When she uh, got her law license, she went into the practice of uh, helping companies raise such money through private placements, uh, reggae filings, things like that. And she's sort of become our resident expert here on Real Life Real Estate about how to legally and effectively raise private money. She's joining us today from her home in Temecula, California, to talk about what is new in the private money world. Jillian, welcome back to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to have you. Um, it's always great when you know somebody who charges a zillion dollars an hour takes an hour off to give people <laughs> <laughs> free information. Well, oh, you didn't, you didn't hear that? I'm sending you a bill. Oh man, I send it to Mike Martini, care of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, for ever ever about about once a year we do this, and there's always there's always things that happen in the intervening year with laws and the ways they're being enforced and things that you're learning from clients and things that you're learning from your clients' clients, the people who actually have the money uh, that that is being raised. And we just kind of like to touch base because this is an area that is extremely heavily regulated. And yet most people out there trying to get private loans don't even know what the regulations are. Sure. You know, it, it is heavily regulated. And I'm hoping that the crowdfunding, the new crowdfunding rules will really help with some of those who are just starting out with raising real, money for real estate will be able to do that successfully with crowdfunding. Um, but I warn everybody out there right now, you've probably heard all about crowdfunding, 
and it is not quite legal yet. It is legal in the sense that can one do crowdfunding? Yes. Does anybody know how to do crowdfunding properly? Absolutely not. And the reason why no one knows how to do it properly is because the SEC is the regulatory body that carries out the law. And they have not finished making the rules yet that regarding crowdfunding. So, mm-hmm. so there's a, you might have seen some crowdfunding web portals out there, but just be care. You know, I buyer beware, use with caution, because if you decide to put a deal up there and the SEC comes and shuts that website down for whatever reason, you may be forced to give your investors all their money back. Uh, it's just a word to the wise on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, actually, when we talked a year ago, you were you were not super excited about crowdfunding as a way that that uh, the typical real estate investor could go raise money for a deal, and it had to do with how complex the laws were uh, around what you had to do to set up to do crowdfunding, but. Uh, I guess in the intervening year, a bunch of portals have popped up where they have the necessary exceptions and so on, and they are opening that up to individuals to come in and 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 raise money. Is that what is that what has happened? That is that is what's happening. Again, even still, those portals are not completely compliant because nobody knows how to be compliant yet, and mm-hmm. and that's just a simple fact of the matter. I, I, I don't think any of these portals are going to necessarily get shut down because for the SEC to go and shut down uh, a, a crowdfunding portal right now would mean that they would be shedding light on the fact that they haven't finished the rules and we're here we are two <laughs> years later. So I don't know if they're necessarily – I'm just saying buyer beware, use with caution. The other, uh, the other thing is, though, I want to say this. I'm still not super excited about crowdfunding for real estate deals because it is super restrictive. It, I'll say what I said at the beginning of the program. It's great for somebody who's just starting to go out and raise money for the very first time and has a small deal. But if you want to get into bigger uh, multifamily deals, self-storage deals, anything beyond single-family residences, crowdfunding is not for you. It really isn't. Uh, no one, no investor can invest more than 10%. Uh, 10% of their net worth or $10,000 into any given deal, whichever is less. And they ca- it, you can't raise more than a million dollars. So if you're, if you're buying a bunch of single-family homes in Ohio, that would work. But if you're going to buy any kind of multifamily property or you want to buy a bunch of different commercial properties or even if you want to buy a more than one single-family property out here in California, then crowdfunding is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for the for the newer person who is not yet prepared to take the bigger step of uh, you know going to the SEC and filing exemptions and being able to legally mm-hmm. raise two million or five million dollars, it's 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 a possibility, but through the portals because I'm guessing the yeah. portals are paying are paying you know tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars uh, to their attorneys to uh, stay within whatever law they think might be out there right now which it, so- right. it sounds like it's not very clear right no and it's not very clear and and that's exactly right so that's why we have these portals that, that's what the the whole portal system and crowdfunding system was meant to do in the first place was to provide for these smaller entrepreneurs who can't 
you know, it wasn't even focused on the real estate industry. It was actually focused on small, just entrepreneurs, mom and pop type operations who needed a little bit of startup capital and certainly didn't want to use the little startup capital that they already had to pay legal fees. And I get that. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I envision these crowdfunding portals to be the most useful to people who go on, say, Shark Tank, and they bring their idea to Shark Tank, and then they're willing to give up 50% of their company for $100,000. The crowdfunding portal will allow them to get that $100,000 without necessarily giving up 50% of their company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about what the private money environment looks like right now and uh, more about how... Uh, Real life real estate investors can tap into that market, but stay within the law as well. We'll also take any of your questions about uh, private placements, private lenders, what you can and can't do, how you can advertise or not advertise. This is important stuff, folks. And while we've got Jillian on the phone, this would be a great time to go ahead and ask those questions. And, you know, if, if you're worried that you're doing something wrong, you can call anonymously. Give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email, askvina at gmail.com. Date investing, where after 25 years, Mike still is a human being and sometimes forgets to turn the microphone back on when the host is speaking. <laughs> we only had a seven second delay. I think we're, I think we're past that at this point. Um, my guest today is uh, Jillian Sidoti. And if you've listened to our podcasts on iTunes, you know, uh, Jillian pops up two or three times there in the podcast because uh, honestly, you know, when you look at what, real life investors are doing. And I'm talking about people who are buying single family homes, people who are buying apartment buildings, commercial property, self storage, developing land, buying tax liens in bulk, buying notes in bulk. They're 99% relying on private money to do that because, you know, where is the other money right now? You know, you can't walk into the bank and open up a line of credit on your driver's license the way you used to be able to four or five years ago, and it has become increasingly worrisome to us here on Real Life Real Estate how many folks are going out and doing it based on bad advice that, frankly, is going to get them in trouble and potentially also their lenders into trouble. So we have Jillian come here every so often and just kind of, you know, smack us upside the head and tell us what we what we really need to be doing to... Uh, be raising this money appropriately. And this affects you whether you are looking for a single private loan on a single property, or you're looking to raise 10 million bucks to go buy a giant, you know, package of defaulted notes or something. Uh, So uh, this is a great time for you to ask questions. 877-772-9658 is the number to call. Or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. And please feel free to share actual scenarios. If you don't want me to read your name on the air, I won't. If If you're hearing something and you're going, oops, I'm not sure if I did this right, that's a great that's a great discussion point for everyone else who may or may not be doing it right. So um, I'm asking you listeners to share what it is that you're doing so that we can get a, uh, a, a real look here at what, uh, what we can and can't do in regards to what is, what is overall a great strategy, but you just have to be careful with it. 
Um, so my, my next question, Jillian, is over the last few years as we've talked, you've been very passionate about the fact that there's an enormous amount of money chasing these deals that, that, that pe- right. pe- people, people who say, oh, I just I can't find anybody who wants to give me any money are just not looking in the right place because there's been so much of it. Well, now that now that we've got these big hedge funds that have sucked up a lot of people's money and the stock market's improved, are you still finding that to be true? Oh, it's still absolutely true because people are actually getting money back, are actually making money on their investments, getting equity into their homes, selling their homes and making making some cash. Um, yeah, there's definitely, and people are less fearful now of getting into real estate than they were, say, back in 2008 or 2009. You know, fear is, a, fear is an incredible thing that drives people, you know, insane and to make terrible, well, I don't want to say terrible decisions, but they don't make rational decisions. Uh, so right now, the market's getting better. We're seeing improvement, at least here in Southern California. We're seeing some massive improvements in the market, and therefore people are starting to open their wallets up and and shell out some cash, or you know, going under their mattress and and shelling out some cash for deals. Um, it, you know, it goes. A lot of the people who are sitting here listening to this program now, along with people who come to your classes, Vina, or go to RIA events. Those those people are the ones who are willing. It was so funny. You said if you're on your way home from work, you might want to stop in Reading. Uh, <laughs> the average man is not going to. The average man or woman is not going to do that. They're going to get home. They're going to eat dinner. They're going to sit in front of the TV. They are not going to turn around their car and go to Reading to learn more about real estate. It's easier for them to write a check than to spend time doing things and educating themselves. So think about that. There are people who are driving home right now who are not going to go to Reading. They're not going to spend time getting real estate education this weekend. They're not even listening to this program. So therefore, they're going to be more apt to write you, professional real estate investor or professional real estate entrepreneur, a check to help their dreams of being a real estate investor come true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're not, uh, and I know I know you work with lots of clients who are uh, creating funds and raising money for, as it turns out, a wide variety of projects. As I'm as I'm talking sure. to them, I'm I'm kind of sort of fascinated by some of the things these these folks are doing uh, with this this money that they're raising. Uh, but they they are not coming back to you and saying, "Oh man, it's really hard to get money." They're saying it's actually getting even easier than it was before. I have this one client who called me. I did two funds for him in one month, and he already oversubscribed one of the funds by about a million and a half dollars. <laughs> oversubscribed. That means he raised six and a half millions in a couple of months' time. Mm-hmm. And he was only supposed to raise five million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and he did two funds at once. Wow. So, and he's not in California. Folks, I don't want you to think this is something unique to like California. This guy was in the is was in the Midwest, mm-hmm. so he was in Kansas. I'll tell you where he was. He was in Kansas. So mm-hmm. uh, this is not like something unique to wealthier locations. This is this is nationwide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now let's let's talk a little bit to the to the folks out there who are listening, who are thinking, "Man, I don't even know what I would do with five million dollars. I just need fifty thousand to go and you know find myself a, a single family home to renovate in in Akron, Ohio." <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, sure. The the 
the rules, when, when the crowdfunding rules came out, everybody got really excited because they thought, well, now this means I can do what I heard I wasn't allowed to do before, which mm-hmm. is put up ads on Craigslist saying I pay 12% interest for money or put that in my... Uh, on my Facebook page, or uh, one I saw recently, uh, you know how you know how your email can have a a, a tagline under the signature. It was his yeah. automatic tagline under the signature, so every email he sent out said, "I paid, you know, looking for looking for private investors, I pay twelve percent." And uh, that that that's just not true. That's not how crowdfunding works. It's not a free for all now. No, it is not a free-for-all. It it makes me sad to hear those kinds of things because it is not a free-for-all. The crowdfunding works that you can put your deal liberally on a a registered crowdfunding portal, not you can just blatantly advertise wherever you want that you are you're looking for money that is not how it works and and, oh here's another thing that's not effective i mean i've done the thing before avina in your class where i ask everybody who's ever seen an ad like that on craigslist to raise their hand every single person in the class raises their hand and then when i ask of those people who've raised their hand how many of you've actually invested in one of the deals not one person keeps their hand up it's not effective it's not legal don't do it don't risk your entire livelihood and career and business over something stupid like that it's not worth it uh-huh uh-huh so so at at that level which is you know honestly where most people operate for their entire real estate careers because they just they just don't need a million bucks to go buy an apartment building what right. are effective ways to talk to people about a, a private loan as opposed to invest in my you know important fund that's going to do all this stuff uh, you know, I think you really have to build trust. You're asking people to give you money, and tr- and and you're asking people to trust you with their money. And you have to build credibility before the trust will come. The, tr- the trust will come with the credibility. So with the credibility, you how can you build credibility? Show people that you're willing to give something. Show people that you're willing to share something. And with that being said, share your information. No one's going to steal all your secrets. You're, and by the way, your secrets aren't that good. You're not finding the cure for cancer. They're not that secret. <laughs> they're not that secret. So, you know, it's yeah, exactly. And the, the thing is, is that they're not, the, your investors are the people who are not willing to go out and figure out the secrets themselves. They're lazy. And I, I say that with the utmost respect, but that's what they are. They don't want to spend time at real estate investing investment conventions they don't want to read they don't want to they don't want to do things they'd rather write a check and all the more power to them i'm one of those people who writes checks so i you know all you have to do is go out there and talk about your deals talk about how great it's going if it's going great don't lie and uh and talk about what you know talk about what you're seeing in the marketplace build credibility educate people on what's going on in the in the real estate world and and you'll be you'll be looked at as the expert in that field and and people will want to come to you. I mean, the same thing goes for my business. I'm on this program right now to show people that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to security laws. So one day when they need a securities attorney, they'll remember the person who had the education and the information that they needed to be successful. So it goes... It goes every which way, and it goes the same for real estate investing. Now, Jillian, I don't know if you felt this, but when you said that, I I felt this giant psychic moan from every investor (laughs) on the planet who's only done one or two deals 
because <laughs> what they heard was, oh my gosh, I have to have like, you know, a credibility pack to show them the 50 deals I did before this or they're never going to want to loan me money. And you and I have both seen, both seen cases where people successfully raised money for their first or second deal, not by lying, you know, not by going out and right. saying I'm, I'm, I'm super experienced or whatever, but by getting just one other person excited about what they were doing. And, and that one other person, you know, knows perfectly well that they're, they're walking into a, a situation that, that could be potentially risky, but just as you are willing to take the risk as the investor to go out and buy the rehab and, you know, figure out how to do it, there's, there might be somebody out there who's willing to take that risk with you because it's exciting to them. Right. Right. And, and again, you don't have to necessarily talk. I, there were a couple other things I mentioned in there that didn't have anything to do with your own personal deals. You can talk about the market. You can talk about the opportunities that you're seeing out there. You do not have to talk about what deals you've done. Um, you know, like, for example, I don't, I don't necessarily own any single family properties in the area that I live in right now. But if I knew somebody who was um, doing some kind of deals in this area that I live in, Temecula, I would invest in it. Why? And I'm going to tell all of you why now. And this is how you should couch your information. We have multiple development deals going on here in this area right now. I see new neighborhoods every single time that I, I wake up in the morning, there's a new neighborhood popping up and there's new construction going on. They're building new buildings. They're building new commercial centers. They're building so much new stuff. This place is happening. And if I put things that way, and then I come to you later saying that I have a deal, but I have built you up to the point where I've told you what's going on in the market, you're more likely to be receptive to my deal after the fact. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So what's going on in the Ohio market right now? It's exciting. They're developing yeah. new stuff every <laughs> in my neighborhood. Well, maybe they're it... not developing new stuff, but the, <laughs> there's neighborhoods that are going through a revitalization, perhaps. Absolutely. Or... And, and 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 in my neighborhood, they're they're tearing down every house to put in a, a new. Uh, uh, there's going to be a park and there's going to be a new waterway. And uh, it's, it's funny, it's, an, it's a neighborhood that usually when you say the name of it, people are like, oh, no, I, you know, I, you know, I don't want to invest over there. But I happen to know, just, just as you do, just from driving you know, to the highway and back, right. that there's stuff going on there that a lot of people don't know is going on there. So uh, be excited is what you're saying. Be excited about what you do. Tell people about what you do and tell it to them in advance of even wanting their money. You don't. You don't want to go into it thinking if I can tell if I can get if I can get this person excited enough, I can get their money. That's not it. You're just kind of being out there, is, is what I think you're saying. No, you, yeah, you always have. You have to go out there with the knowledge of or the 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 attitude of what am I going to provide for somebody else, not what they are going to provide for me. If you start with that attitude, the money will come. I, I'm telling you, the money will come. If you if you think about how can I enrich someone else's life the money will come to you because you're going to enrich their life because you're going to get them a return on their investment. Mm -hmm. So, but they have to recognize that first. It's got to come from a a genuine space. And uh, I've always realized that the most money I've made is always when I wasn't looking for it, Mm -hmm. honestly. So uh, I, I think, I think all of you and that, and that goes for my law practice primarily, but that can go for almost anything that can go for any investment deal that you have. I'm, 
I remember one time a long time ago, uh, I wanted to open a restaurant, a small like little cafe for my brother, and I had a very specific idea of what I wanted to do. And so I talked to several different people about this idea I had. And I am by no means an expert in this field, but I showed enthusiasm for the idea. I showed that I had a concept that I wanted to work with. I showed all of these things that I was thinking about. I shared this, like, quote-unquote, top-secret information with people. And people offered me – I wasn't even raising money, and several people offered me money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Several people offered me money. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to raise money for that, Jillian, let me know because I want to invest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, be knowledgeable about what you're going into. You don't have to have necessarily have experience, but be knowledgeable about what you want to go into. Show enthusiasm and look for nothing, and it, it will come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. We need to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions from listeners at 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Mike, there's something in the air. I know. There's something in the air today. I don't know what it is. I don't know my own name. Mike doesn't know to turn on the microphone when the show starts. I just, I don't get it. I don't, what's happening? Uh, So you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. And my guest today is Jillian Sedoti, who is an attorney from Temecula, California, who specializes in uh, helping businesses raise funds through things like private placements, private loans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Jillian is going to be in Cincinnati on May the 17th doing an all-day seminar with Chris Yates, who was on the show back in November and uh, is is actually one of her successful clients and uh, has raised a lot, a lot of money for deals in California, paying ridiculously low interest rates, by the way. I remember yeah. he, he mentioned he had done Ridiculous. a... Yeah, he, he, he did a... He did, I guess he did a placement where he was paying something in the 2% range to his investors. Me, I was in Denver about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I called him from the airport about, about this event coming up. And, uh, and he told me that he just financed like a movie theater he purchased. I think it was a movie theater for 1%. <laughs> and he, and I said, Oh my God, how did you do that? And he goes, see, even you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So they are doing an all-day seminar here in Cincinnati for the Nonprofit Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati. Uh, it is, of course, open to anybody who can grab a seat because uh, we are uh, having it at the RIA offices, which actually only hold about uh, 50 to 60 people. You can get more information and get registered for that at uh, CincinnatiRIA.com. Also, Jillian is going to do sort of a private webinar for us tomorrow night where she's going to talk specifically about private loans, about the, the mortgages and you know the, the things that we most commonly do and what the trouble spots are there and the documentation that needs to be in place and all of that sort of thing. Uh, you can join in on that by going to Real Life Real Estate's Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash estate. There's a link there. There's no charge. It's just a service for Real Life Real Estate listeners where if you have, uh, if you don't understand that strategy or if you are using it and you're not sure that you have all your disclosures and so on the way they, they should be, uh, you can come on tomorrow night and ask Jillian questions in sort of a more 
private format if uh, that makes you more comfortable. The Again, the webinar link is at facebook.com slash real life real estate. Uh, we have a couple of questions coming in here from listeners at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, Larry would like to know, is it a syndication to have unaccredited friends, there are two of them plus me, in a limited liability partnership own an investment property, one of them is going to purchase the property and transfer it to the LLP, so that's that's one money person. The other one is going to pay for the repairs, so that's money person number two. And then Larry is going to be the one who finds, manages, rehabs, and sells the property. And and before, you know, maybe before you specifically answer this question, you better explain what a syndication is. A syndication is when you take a, a usually it means you take a specific deal and then you bring a bunch of people together and you pool their money in order to buy that deal or finance that deal or whatever it is that you want to do with that deal. Mm-hmm. And typically, so, typically syndicate. And, and I think what he's really asking is it, it, clearly it's syndication. <laughs> I think what he's asking right. is, is it a syndication that needs to be registered with the state or have have the SEC involved or or something like that? Well, here's the thing, Larry. I would suggest, first of all, you change your format from an LLP to an LLC because the definition of a security is, is there an investment of money in a common enterprise with the expectation of profits through the efforts of a promoter? And I don't understand who the GP is going to be. It sounds like it's going to be Larry. If the, if the GP is Larry, he's just opened himself up to all kinds of potential liability because there is no protection for a GP in an LLP. In an LP. And I, I think he said LLP, which, I, again, I'm just not sure the formatting he's using and if he's using that for the purposes of liability protection for the, for the general partner. But if then if your other partners are limited partners, they cannot be involved in the day-to-day operations of the business, which means that you're selling a security, and the answer is yes, you have to provide the proper disclosures to those two other investors and file your Form D if if the fi- Form D is necessary. The form, if they're residents of the same state and the property is in the same state, you probably have a self-executing exemption. I'm really going way too far into this question. <laughs> no, um, it's, but, it's all but very educational to me. all that being said... Uh, with all that being said, I, the first thing I would do is change that format to an L- LLC. Um, that's what I would do first and foremost, and then ask me the question again, and we can go from there. If, if they're going to be materially involved in the operations of the company, then I think you're okay. If not, you know, you're welcome to give me a call, and I'll, I'll give you a little guidance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, we also have a question here from Mike, who it, actually I would say this was a series of questions uh, from, from Mike, who is here in Cincinnati. Uh, he says, uh, first of all, what is a simple definition of crowdsource funding, and is it basically an unregulated REIT? No, no. A REIT is a REIT is totally and utterly. It's like it's like comparing apples to oranges. It's a completely different thing. A REIT is a tax designation for a real estate-specific company. It's so that a C-corporation, a nor- something that is normally a C-corporation, if they follow normal, uh, they follow a certain set of rules, then they won't be taxed doubly. Like, usually C-corporations, like every major 
traded company, they're all C corporations, and therefore there's double taxation at the corporate level and then at the shareholder level. A REIT takes away that corporate level taxation and passes it through the to the investors so long as the REIT follows a multitude of rules. Uh, so with that being said, it's com- it's just completely different. They're not even comparable. Crowdsourcing is is bringing a bunch of people together, small time investors to to invest in a small deal under certain securities regulations. So REITs under tax regulations, uh, crowdsourcing is under securities regulations, and they're they're just completely different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the crowdfunding has has been successfully used in a lot of businesses. I know a, a movie I saw earlier this year the the big the big uh, thing about it was it had they'd raised five point six million dollars through crowdfunding. To uh-huh. make the movie, and apparently, you know, that's ten thousand bucks at a time. So think about that. That's five hundred and sixty people <laughs> at ten thousand dollars coming together to create enough money to make a movie. And then, you know, one assumes—I don't know what the terms were—but one assumes that the investors, if the movie was successful, the investors got back their money in some return on that if, money. If it was- if it was done on Kickstarter, you know, a lot of these films have been financed on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, and those those websites are not crowd. They're actually the, the term Mike used. They're crowdsourcing. They're not crowdfunding. And crowdsourcing is when investors invest in a deal with no expectation of profit. So it's not a security. Mm-hmm. So if you go on Kickstarter, like actually, it's funny because I'm starting a Kickstarter campaign for my husband this upcoming week. If you go into Kickstarter and put something up there, you can't offer any kind of return on investment or even return of investment. All you can offer is like prizes and opportunities and services Mm. and things like that. So when people invest in those movies, usually what it is is you'll get like an executive producer credit or Mm -hmm. you'll get... you'll get uh, like a walk-on role as an extra or you'll get a prop from the film, things like that. Uh-huh. So so that's crowdsourcing, and that's a little different than crowdfunding. So they probably, believe it or not, Vina, they probably had way more than 560. They probably had thousands of people who invested in that, and they invested even smaller amounts of capital, probably even as low as 100 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I probably couldn't do a crowdsourcing campaign where I said, I want to buy this house, and you'll each get a piece of the cat pee stained carpet when I rip it out or something like that. that probably you wouldn't could. work. I just don't know how successful you'd be, but you definitely could try. <laughs> okay. So, 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 Mike, what, what Jillian was talking about was crowdfunding as opposed to, he actually said crowdsource funding, so sort of a... A mi- yeah. mixed up it's, term there. So, it's such a confusing world. It is such a confusing world. So don't feel and, – and the words get interchanged all the time. But if you if you go to like a, a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or something like that, they don't uh, – they don't actually offer any type of return on investment, mm-hmm. and that's why it's not a security, and now, that's why they can operate that way. I'm thinking Mike be, Mike might be one of those folks that uh, would rather write a check than than go out and find and rehab and blah, blah, blah a deal because uh, his other questions are, uh-huh. how can an investor find a reliable and ethical real estate professional who's looking for investors, and if one invests... Can the investor select how his funds are used, such as specifying that it would only be for foreclosures, et cetera? Um, you know, Mike, honestly, you're welcome to email me, and I'll, I will tell me what you're looking for, and I'll introduce you to some people. That is, that is what I do 
for karma, not for compensation. So I don't need, I don't get any money from any of my clients for referring them, and I don't make any money from you for referring you. It's just something that if I have an opportunity that works for you, I'll introduce you to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it, it's interesting because this the, and, and and Mike, you also might want to come on the webinar tomorrow night because the the question that you asked here. We we would need to get into the divergence between I loaned some money to someone to do a particular deal versus I invested in a fund and that fund does certain things, okay? Because obviously you're completely in control of if you want if you you for whatever reason uh, want your funds in a foreclosure, you either don't loan the money to someone who's not buying a foreclosure. Or you invest in a fund that that's what they do. But right. but once you've done that, you can't invest in the fund and then say, well, no, I want this foreclosure over here. <laughs> you know, the fund, right. the no, fund managers make all of those decisions uh, right. within, the, uh, within the confines of what the private placement says about what, what the fund is investing in. And then his... Yeah. Uh, uh, go go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. You you finish. Well, I was going to say if you're going to if you're going to invest in anything, you got, you got, first of all, number one, make sure you trust them. It sounds like you have trust issues, Mike. No offense. <laughs> number two, um, number two, you got to be willing to let go. And and quite frankly, I, and and again, don't take this offensively, Mike. But if I saw you as an investor coming into one of my clients' deals. And, and you started talking like that, I would tell my client, do not let that guy invest. He is, he is trouble with a capital T because he's going to nitpick. You've you got to go into these things. If you're going to invest in a fund instead of and, and in relying on somebody to re- invest your funds for you, you have to do just that. You have to rely on them and trust them and not be trying to control the company from some backdoor entryway. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the question about how to find a reliable and ethical real estate professional is actually an Excellent question, mm-hmm. because most uh, most most of these most folks who are making the investments they do zero due diligence on who they are working with. They get excited yeah. because the person talks a good game, and and they, you know, where do I write the check? You're promising me a sixteen percent return. Well, geez, Mike, I'll promise you a hundred percent return if you don't care if I ever pay you back. Um, the the well, I mean, seriously, some some of these some there are funds that that produce very high returns. The ones right, that are right. the ones that are really legitimate, particularly if they are what's called uh, equity funds, where it, you get a piece of the profit, whatever that is, um, they're not going to promise you anything. They're, they're not, they're not right. going to say, "Oh, gar- guaranteed, you're going to get a sixteen to twenty percent return." They're going to say, "There's, you know, th- this is what we're maybe projecting. Here's here's the numbers on which we're projecting it, but." Here's also a list of 975 risks that <laughs> could keep could could not only keep us from getting there, you could lose all your money. Um, but it, it amazes me, uh, Jillian. You and I both worked with with someone uh, here in the area who had invested a large amount of money in the six figures and basically all the money they had with a particular fund and fund manager and was not getting paid back. And I, when I got the call, I just googled the guy's name. And I found out he'd gotten out of jail like two years ago. It, this was a oh Google search. This wasn't, this wasn't, oh I mean, God. I didn't do any deep digging. I, I found out that the, the guy had gotten out of jail just a couple of years ago for guess what? Fraud. And she never checked that out because, I mean, she got this call and it sounded so great. And you had to invest right now because there were only limited opportunities. And, 
and it, it, it just amazes me that, uh, you know, how many people won't, won't go so far as to do a simple Google search on the folks who are asking them for money. So that is. Oh, you said it. You said it best. Google, Google is like the way to go. I mean, cheapest, fastest, easiest way to do things. Then, if you don't find anything in Google, I don't suggest you stop there because, as you and I know, Vina, from our own extensive background checks that we've done before, uh, you can find a whole heck of a lot about people by running a background check. And, uh, you know, that's something you really want to consider. You want to consider because a Google search isn't going to necessarily bring up all the lawsuits that that person has in their name, whether Mm -hmm. it be that they're the plaintiff or the defendant. Now, a good securities attorney is going to disclose all of those, but Mm -hmm. uh, they they might not necessarily uh, report all that. So with that being said, just run a background check. You know, you can get a background check done for $39. Think about it, 39 bucks. And you're going to invest a hundred thousand dollars with somebody, or you know, ten. You're talking, you're talking chump change to stop yourself from making what could be a major mistake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and as you mentioned, that's one of the things that typically goes into the disclosures when a when a fund mm-hmm. is doing a private placement or something similar. Uh, there's there's always a, a paragraph about the background of the fund managers, and if there if there has been something that has happened, it, it's generally disclosed there. Again, if it's all above board, I've seen. I've seen many funds that uh, it, it said, you know, the in, in 2007, fund manager A had 14 properties that they gave back to the bank. Well, I'm not going to get super alarmed about that because there were a lot of people giving their properties back to the right. bank in 2007. No, I <laughs> yeah, I had the same thing with some gentlemen, you know, in, a, in a Michigan who gave a ton of properties back to the bank, and we disclosed it, and that's what we needed to do. I mean, that's just what you need to do. A lot of people got stuck in that, and I tell people it is not a big deal to disclose those things, but you got to disclose them. You can't not disclose them. Um, True real estate investors will will look at that as as almost like a, not a badge of honor, I don't want to say, but as a sign. Mm-hmm. That you're you you you've gone through the trenches before. You know you know what evil looks like. <laughs> you know what real estate evil looks like. I suppose. Very true. And then, believe it or not, Mike has one more question. Can an investor <laughs> can an investor in Cincinnati fund real estate professionals in California for California deals, or is that not a good idea? Well, that's that's your call. Like I, you know, it's funny, Mike, that you say that because. I, um, since I'm in California, I have like these separate, uh, these, these rules for myself for when I do my own personal investing. I will only invest up to $10,000 outside of the state of California in any one deal because I feel that's my threshold of pain. I won't cry hysterically if I lose $10,000. I will invest up to $25,000 in any one deal in Southern California. Now, I have these rules set for myself. I might miss out on a lot of great deals because of it, but that's okay because those are my thresholds of pain. Here in California, it's easy for me to go and sue someone. I'm here. I'm a, I'm a California attorney. If I was to go sue somebody in Ohio, it would be much more difficult. So I don't want to bother doing that. So my threshold of pain is $10,000. Mm-hmm. So think, figure out what your threshold is, what you're willing to lose, and, and go from there. And, and ask yourself the question, what is it that's attracting you about California? Uh, the, the, well, yeah, that's a very serious question to ask because the deals out here are, are they're dry, the, the economy is starting to boom, 
so the deals are starting to quickly dry up. Well, and it, it tends to be the case that in very hot markets, the returns are not necessarily as high uh, as they are in, in sort of more you know, stable right. markets, just, just because everybody wants to invest there. You know, everybody wants right, to be right. in, in, in San Diego real estate right now. And if, if, I, if I'm raising money to buy San Diego real estate, which I am not, uh, <laughs> this is for educational purposes only. It is not an offer of security. Um, the, <laughs> sorry, Jillian trained me to say that. Um, the, and, and, and I've got, you know, I've got a hundred people beating my door down wanting to offer me a hundred thousand dollars a piece. You know, I'm going to deal with that is I'm going to take my returns from 8% to 6% to 3% to 2%. Right. And, and, and only right. when, only when the money starts drying up, am I going to, am I going to stabilize that? So, um, yeah. the, the, the question is, what is it that you think about Cal? What, what do you think? What do you think it is about California? Are, are you thinking, well, it's just a really hot market because sometimes the hot markets are not the place to be investing. You know, sometimes, although I wish I'd gone out to San Diego and bought everything I could in 2008 when the, when the, when the prices were half what they had been in 2007. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you got you to gotta ask yourself the question. You got you to really think as an investor, what asset class am I comfortable with? Start there. What asset class do I understand? What asset class am I able to look at a private placement memorandum and say, hey, their business plan looks realistic because I understand enough about this to say, yeah, the, these numbers look about right? Um, uh, how much do I want to invest? Do I want to be, as Jillian said, in the same place as the, as the fund is in case something does come up? Um, am I somebody who, you know, I, 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 I might want to even be familiar with the neighborhoods that the investments are being made in. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a pro it's just as much of a process as the investor, as it is the one who's borrowing the money and saying, well, what rate do I want to offer and how do I want to invest it and so on. So uh, you might want to check out the webinar tomorrow night, Mike, that Jillian is doing for us. It is uh, the link to register is posted at facebook.com slash real life, real estate investing. Um, Jillian, we are about out of time. We've got about uh, two minutes left. Other than folks going to CincinnatiRia.com and checking out your one-day seminar that you're doing with Chris Yates on May 17th, what advice do you have for our listeners who are in the process of ramping up to try and get some private money? What would you tell them? I think you need to come up with your bio, number one. Talk about who you are for the past, who you've been for the past five years, where your experience comes from. Uh, and I would start there. And then the second thing I would do is, is, is figure out the why, what, where, when, and hows of what you want to do. And you don't have to write a fancy business plan. As, I, as a matter of fact, I discourage you to, of doing that. I want you to just bullet point it down. And that will, that will be your foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, very good. Uh, we are about out of time. Uh, again, you have more questions for Jillian, including Anna. I just saw your question, and we, just, we don't have time to answer it. I'm really not trying to blow it off. Uh, but you can come on the webinar tomorrow night. Uh, at uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash real life real estate and uh, get registered for that. You can ans ask it then. Uh, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.